What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. All right, guys. Good evening. Stephen Vadoon here with Israeli News Live. And uh, we're going to be getting into a lot of things. I know you guys don't see on the computer screen what we can see, but I think I've got about 30 windows open of information. Um... And before we get started on this uh, Israeli-Gaza conflict, uh, I think it might be appropriate to share some of the intel that we received today. Mm -hmm. um, we got some very valuable intel directly out of the Middle East. Uh, information that one, and you're going to see more of proof here tonight, Israel knew very well about the attack before it happened. It was two years in the making. Uh, they had the intel about it being in the making, everything from the very, almost from the very beginning. Uh, and, uh, and that's not the Israeli people when we say Israel. P please understand that. If that were the case, believe me, none of, the, none of these casualties would have not have, have occurred. You're going to also see where the Israeli military give orders to uh, take out houses that had Hamas fighters in there knowing that the hostages were there as well. You're going to see information about that. Uh, I have been told, though, that Iran is not going to do any kind of preemptive strike on Israel. So regardless of what you may see in the media, they will not. However, they are 100% convinced that they are going to be attacked by Israel or the United States or both. Um, they are making preparations for that very uh, issue, and uh, they will go into a defensive mode. Now, of course, once they have been attacked, yes, they're going to strike back at Israel without, without question. Uh, I've also been told that Hezbollah, <clears throat> which we've already anticipated, will enter this conflict. Hezbollah happens to be waiting for two particular events to take place before they fully engage with Israel. One of those events, uh, which is already beginning to happen, is that Israel would be fully committed in their troops tanks inside of Gaza. Alright? That is one of the things that they're doing. Secondly, another thing that they're doing is that um, Hezbollah is waiting for the David Sling and the Patriot Battery System to begin to run low on their capabilities of shooting down rockets. Now they know they're going to have them regardless, but they also realize there's going to come a time to where all the ones that Hamas has been firing, that they're going to get to where it's very difficult to shoot everything down. That will kind of give Hezbollah the ability to know that Israel is running low on ammunition to shoot down the rockets, and at that point they are going to release a barrage of rockets far more sophisticated than that of Hamas into Israel 
to where they believe they can overwhelm the system and of course if they're running low on ammo it'd be harder for them to reload and to take out what they're firing now granted the u.s from intel that i have from the united states they also are moving in uh, second strike group they're moving in troops they know that hezbollah is going to enter into this battle as well uh, they're also going there to take down iran as or like i said from intel right out of the middle east there uh yes iran is fully aware that they're fixing to be hit and they and i've been told that could be a month away still before iran gets hit but it's going to happen uh there is uh, the, the, the man that took Soleimani's place. Uh, although he is not as charismatic as Soleimani is with the people, I've been told that he is a, a very good planner, well organized, and that uh, he is actually strategically preparing the country for war. Uh, I've also been told that Iran is broke financially, very broke, not able to support what is going on as much and that the money that came to help uh, Hamas carry out the attacks that they have done is not from Iran, but rather from Qatar. That's where the financial aid is coming from, is from Qatar. Uh, so these are some of the things that I wanted to just kind of update you on uh, some of these Intel World things there that, that, I, that I wanted to be able to share. I wanted to really uh, thank uh, the, the, the friends that I have that have been willing to say that, uh, say things that they say to me. Also, too, from inside of uh, Mossad, I know that, uh, and and I've actually, there there's actually three, four, was four, now three friends that I have there, and I am being told that they have to be very careful speaking in coded language in amongst themselves, but that, indeed, it was a well-planned attack it was an inside job uh, and they know it uh, and these are some of the ones that were not aware directly perhaps of it going down but they know that it that it was planned now and I'm gonna tell you something when I tell you this these are people that still would call for the annihilation of Gaza and every Arab living in the Gaza Strip so they're not there to pull punches. They're, they, they don't care about Palestinian lives in, in that regard there. So when I tell you, when I give you these sources, this is not somebody that's anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. No, they're very pro-Israel. But they're also very disappointed in the government that they would allow innocent Israelis to be murdered and slaughtered as a result. Um, and that's really our issue as well. Uh, you know, th th there's no justification for carpet bombing Gaza and leveling everything there. You're going to hear from Moshe Phelan. Uh, I'm going to be playing a clip of his. He's literally calling on killing every uh, Arab in Gaza, every single one of them. And he doesn't care. Men, women, children, he could care less. You know, and in my opinion, as I've shared with you before, if you really care about life and you realize there's a lot of people there that never support Hamas, they didn't vote for Hamas, they don't, they don't care for Hamas, they're not calling for the destruction of Israel, etc. 
there are innocent people there, especially these little kids that have that could care less about that. They just want to live in freedom. And we're going to go into some of these things in the past that have happened to them. You know, sometimes people forget what even drives people to, to carry out such horrendous uh, things to begin with. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the broadcast as well. But uh, what I want to say, though, is that if you really cared about trying to limit civilian casualties, the, right, the best way would have been would have been a ground invasion from the beginning. Very limited airstrikes. You know, if this truly was an attack by Hamas and Israel didn't know anything about it, they caught him off guard and all these Israelis that had been slaughtered, the thing would have been would have been the only way to deal with such an urban atmosphere is warn the people, let them flee to get to the southern part of the city and then go in there and just you're just going to fight it out street by street, house by house, building by building. That would have been the right way to do it. But this has nothing to do with eliminating Hamas, so to speak. This is eliminating people, period. This is genocide. It, you can't change it any other way. There's no way to sugarcoat it. It is genocide. And you're going to hear from politicians, Israeli politicians, that are calling for exactly that. We're going to also examine the biblical aspects on some of these things as well. Because I'm sure some people have been looking at Gaza and they're saying, oh, wow, gosh, you know, Zechariah and Zephaniah, they're saying that, you know, for four transgressions or three transgressions, even four, Gaza's going to be laid waste. We're going to, I'm going to show you what it says. And that was something that's already come and gone. All right. So the people that are there today have nothing to do with the people that were there 3,000 years ago when the prophecy was spoken of by Zechariah and Zephaniah. And not to mention, and the reason why you'll know this is because Ashkelon, Ashdod, Akron, they're all mentioned as the same part of Gaza with the same fate. Wow, that goes almost all the way to Tel Aviv. Did you know that? Interesting. Couldn't have anything to do with modern-day Gaza then, could it? Especially when Ashkelon, Ashdod, and Akron are not part of those areas. So the, the thing is, we want to get to the truth of things, friends. That's what we're really out here for is, you know, we, we care about what happened to these Israeli people, but you're going you're gonna to really be horrified to find out that even the Israeli military ended up killing well over 100 Israeli citizens when this attack went down. That's sad. And that's reported in Israeli media. Yana, you got something you want to add to these things before we get moving here? Well, oh, I would like to say that what's happening in Israel is not biblical prophecy fulfilling. Uh, it's not what Father of Christ wants. Um, it is artificially... Uh, artificial events made artificially pre-planned for a certain agenda and who is in the government of Israel right now are Mir Kahani followers Ben Gavir who is a terrorist and Netanyahu is a terrorist basically uh, 
they follow Mir Kahani philosophy. And I don't know if Steve is going to send you, I mean, show you the uh, articles I, I uh, sent you. I have, I have everything up over here. Do you want okay, me to? Okay, so uh, when, uh, when we come to that, I guess, Steve, I don't know, it's who is Mir Kahani extremist movement. But there is, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay, so let's let's just go. Yeah, go ahead. you can start examining these. Let me actually, right. I want to blow it up for people because they're, we're dealing with a little bit smaller screen on our live feed, so I know it's going to be a little bit more difficult for them to see that screen. We are dealing with an extreme uh, cult. And if you can highlight whatever you're going to read on there so as you go with your mouse Christians right who are... Of, uh, supporting this are actually supporting Mir Kahani philosophy has nothing to do with Christ they're going completely against any values of Christianity values of Jesus it's an absolute deception and supporting this thing is sin basically it's gonna come back and there will have to be answers given for such support uh, Mir Kahani, on this page here, who was Mir Kahani, was uh, born in Brooklyn, so he's an American Jew, Orthodox rabbi who founded a violent Jewish extremist movement, and fascist Israeli political party, espousing virulently racist ideology. Kahani followers have murdered dozens of people and injured hundreds of others in numerous violent attacks against Palestinians, Americans, and others in Israel, the occupied Palestine territories, and the United States as well. As a result, his Kach Party, Jewish Defense League, and offshoots are labeled terrorist organizations by U.S. government. Well, I assume, and that's my addition to this, that right now um, the government... Uh, in the United States is very different than what it was in 80s. Back then, there is an FDA papers. I don't know if you have that up there. I sent it to you on FDA. I mean, not FDA. FBI, I'm sorry. FBI. We have this one? Yes. And, and I have... No, you, I have okay. the FBI. That This is the this one. This one right here, okay. Yeah, if you go to FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, who was Mir Kahani, their original documents... He was a terrorist responsible for deaths of Americans. He had a racist ideology. Ben Gavir in the government of Israel right now, along with Smotrich, Netanyahu, they are all uh, Mir Kahani followers. So uh, let's go back because I need to read what was his philosophy. We're going to leave you a link so you can kind of keep reading this because we'll be here three hours doing this. But I want to just kind of what was his ideology? Kahani ideology. Kahani was a Jewish supremacist who espoused violence and wanted to establish theocratic Jewish state. Now, isn't that what they're doing? Theocratic yes. Jewish state right now? Well, yes. exactly. Encompassing not just all current Israel and occupied Palestinian territories, West Bank, East Jerusalem, and Gaza, but large parts of neighboring Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and Iraq. This is why we went okay. to uh, war in Iraq, and this is why they Right, are, all right. Now, right. This, now, it's good that you pointed that out. I didn't know that was in this article because we do our research yeah. a lot of times separately here. Right. But um, the interesting aspect, when I talked to my Middle East uh, intelligence uh, uh, friend there, we were discussing Lebanon we were discussing Syria, 
we did not get into the discussion of Jordan, but it is believed that Jordan could possibly get involved in this. Uh, he did tell me, though, and this was what I thought was interesting, because you don't see Turkey mentioned in here, but Turkey will not get directly involved at all. He said, because I asked him, I, I'm sitting there watching all the protests in Turkey. The people are going crazy, and Erdogan is up there like, oh, they really care, and they're going to do something about it. He's going to send his military. And he laughed. He said, Erdogan, he's a politician. Mm -hmm. He said, Steve, he says, whoever will give him the most benefit is who he's going to stand with. And he said, and right now, he said, he's just all smoke and mirrors. He's not going to do anything when it comes to this situation going on over in uh, Israel. And I said, even with all these children dying, he says, he won't do anything. Mm. You got to keep in mind. And when I say this, I'm going to remind you of guys of something. Aaron Erdem. How many of you guys remember Aaron Erdem uh, and... And the sarin gas and him exposing what went on with that, right? He was the, he was the, here he is right here. You can see him pictured here. Um, he's the one that exposed as a parliament member of Turkey that the Turkish government was the one that helped Hillary Clinton when they were uh, dealing with Libya, taking Libya, remember when this whole debacle thing happened in Libya and where our soldiers were, our, our, our people at our embassy were just slaughtered and stuff? Well, Hillary Clinton was involved in all of this. And through the CIA, they smuggled the sarin gas, they sent it over into Turkey, and Aaron Erdogan was, was, it caught them with Erdogan, back then he was the prime minister of Turkey, he was involved in smuggling that sarin gas, giving it to ISIS, working with the United States, and they took that sarin gas knowing good and well that it was going to be used on the children and the women inside of Syria to blame it on Bashar al-Assad to justify this war in Syria. So like he says, Erdogan could care less about these kids that are dying in Gaza because it doesn't benefit him. So I just thought I would share that with you. Can you go back to Mir Kahani? Yes. So that way I can continue real quick. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to close any of these windows either. I have to be very careful. Okay. So Kahani, uh, he, so again, we have learned that, that this is a Kahani ideology, that they want the entire Eretz Israel, okay? They want also large parts of Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq. Kahani called for strict separation of Jews and non-Jews and for the enslavement or expulsion of indigenous Palestinians. So this is why they're doing it. You have to understand, these are Kahanists that are in the government of Israel. So they're just doing what Kahani uh, gave them as a prescription to do. Plus, on top of it, the uh, Netanyahu is a Chabad, Schneerson follower. So are the rest of them. Uh, also, they got the Kahani and them are calling not only for expulsion of Palestinians, they're starting with them, but expulsion of all other non-Jews, including Christians. Next are Christians, and we're going to show it to you in a small video of Rabbi. 
So if you can move that and then you have to come back here still because I have to finish this one. Not Tell this. me which one. I'll just click uh, through. I just texted it to you the last one. I don't know if oh, you have it that there. one. Okay, let me pull that one up then. You go ahead and go ahead and continue to discuss okay, so, something else. Um, so let me do this while Steve is looking for the video. But what... The meaning of Kahani was right. Is that the one? I don't know. What As to what you texted me last. last? Okay. Okay, so what did Kahani want? Uh, he was asking for non-Jews will be obligated to assume duties, taxes, and slavery. If he does not agree to slavery and taxes, he will be forcibly deported. A non-Jew will not live within the jurisdiction of city of Jerusalem. A non-Jew who has a marital relationship with a Jew is liable to 50 years in prison. A Jewish prostitute or a Jewish male who has an affair with a non-Jewish male uh, is sentenced to five years in prison. There is more, and I will leave you links so you can read the entire article because all of it is extremely important. And if you get familiar with Kahani, you will understand fully what Israel is doing right now. Um, very violent, overly racist, fascist policies. So let's go again. Non-Jews in the state of Israel will be without any national rights and without any part in political proceedings in the state of Israel. And non-Jew will not be able to be appointed to any position of authority and will not be able to vote in elections to the Knesset or to any other state and public body. Restrictions of residence and non-Jew will not live in a jurisdiction of city of Jerusalem. Prohibition of intermarriage. Jewish citizens of the country are not allowed to marry non-Jews, both in Israel and abroad. Such intermarriage will not be recognized as marriage at all. Um, Jews of the state of Israel are not allowed to have full or partial marital relations of any kind with non-Jews, even outside of marriage. Anyone breaching this section is liable to imprisonment to two years. A non-Jew who has a marital relationship with, with a Jew is liable to 50 years in prison. Separation at beaches. Separate beaches will be established for Jews and non-Jews. A person of one people found on a beach destined for a member of the second people will be subject to six months imprisonment. And that there, there will be other laws. So here we go. Jewish power, Otsma Yehudit, is uh, what Osmotrich uh, and Ben Gavir are part of this entire coalition of Netanyahu. So there are ethnically cleansing Palestinians, but they are about to ethnically cleanse, or not ethnically, but religiously cleanse Israel of Christians as well. So it's not just Palestinians. But what is uh, very interesting is that pastors who are supporting this and falsely teaching people that this is some somehow God's prophecy or God's will for this to be done, that this is how uh, our Father has planned all of this, all of this blood, and he's building his land on blood. This is all falsehood. His land does not need to be built on any violence, okay? That's... that's not, not to mention that fulfillment is spiritual of the kingdom, not physical, but... I'm, re I'm ready when you are. Well, what I want to say is what, what is strange is that all of this, what they're supporting now, asking for Gaza to be leveled, 
it's going to come back on them because their own brothers and sisters are going to be next in a state of Israel and then it's going to be global if we don't stop it. And the only people who have power to stop it are Christians and instead they are joining the cry for blood and violence and this is what's very disappointing. But um, we, we're going to leave you a link here so you can read it yourself. Let's go to the video. Okay. Now, video that you're about to see is uh, uh, these are rabbis in New York. And this is information that's going on right now in their synagogues. And there are signs everywhere in Israel and in New York how Kahani was right. Kahani was tzaddik. Or righteous he was mm -hmm. correct now this is four minutes long and the most important information is the last minute last minute of this video is what you gotta look at okay okay you want me to yeah write? go ahead and play it go ahead and play it I have mixed feelings about what's happening in Eretz Yisrael these days everywhere you walk you see signs Kahana Tzadak Everywhere, I mean everywhere. And people are saying it. Kahana was right. Kahana Tzadak, I'm sure here in the States as well. And my, my feelings are mixed because on one hand, of course, Baruch Hashem, these people have finally woken up. Okay, it took them 30 years, but they woke up. Someone is Chose B'Tshuva when he's 80 years old. HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepts him nonetheless. On the other hand, are they really being choser b'tshuva? Or are they just saying it because that's what's in? Israelis like to do what's in. And now Kahana Tzadak is in. It may last a week, it may last a month, I don't know. So there's this feeling, how should we react when all these Israelis are saying Kahana was right? And I've come to the conclusion that we have to be happy that they're saying it. After all, this is what we want them to say. We want them to understand what Kahana was all about, and that Kahana was right. But my question is, do they really know, do we really know what Kahana was and is all about? So when an Israeli tells me Kahana Tzadak, I tell him two things. First of all, if you really mean it, you have to prove what you're saying to me. Number one, in your business and in your personal life, don't hire any Arabs whatsoever. Yeah, listen to the applause, right? Not to paint your house and not to fix your toilet and not to fix your electricity and not to be a worker or a mover. Don't hire any Arabs whatsoever. We'll see if you could live with this. What's this point of Kahana Tzadak? Do we really understand what Kahana is all about? And I wanted to just bring up two points to try to figure out if we really understand what Kahana was all about. Most people, if you ask them, what does it mean, Kahana, they'll tell you, Aravim achutza, Arabs get out. That's really what they mean when they say Kahana Tzadak. Then he was right, the Arabs should get out of Israel. But do, you, do they understand why he said it? As Rabbi Berg said, it's all in the Parsha. This week's Parsha, we have the first transfer of Arabs. This week's Parsha, the first one. It was done by a radical extremist called Sarah Imenu. She said to Avraham, I cannot allow my son Yitzchak to be raised in the same home as Yishmael. Get him out of the house. Now, Yishmael was Avraham's son. And he loved Sarah, but he loved his son. He couldn't do it. 
And that's understandable that he couldn't do it. He was full of chesed. He was chesed. He was kindness. How could he throw his own son out of the house? Hashem tells him, ladies, and it was only in this case, whatever your wife says, listen to her. Only in this case. So he... I noticed that. ...throws Yishmael out of the house. Rav Kahanek explains this in his wonderful Sefer, Oharayon, in the chapter Tov Vera, Good and Evil. What was going through Abraham's mind? He couldn't do it because he saw this as being a bad thing. He is Kulo Chesed, and this was Kulo Ra, all evil. And Hashem said, no, my friend, my dear son Abraham, in this case, driving Yishmael out is Chesed. Driving Ishmael out is the good thing to do. It's not out of hatred that you're driving him out. It's not because, I don't know why, it's, it's because that's the good thing to do. He is inherently evil. Yitzchak is inherently good. And you cannot have good and evil in the same shulent. You cannot have spoiled milk and good milk in the same cup. You have spoiled milk, get it out. And therefore he told Abraham that in this case it is chesed to drive out Yishmael. And this is what Rav Kahana was talking about when he said Aravi Machutza. Not that he hates them. He always says, I wish them well elsewhere. The point is, it's chesed. If you really love Jews, then you drive out the Arabs. And all these Israelis that are saying Kahana Tzadak, do they really understand that after we drive out the Arabs, we drive out the Armenians, and Here? we drive out the Christians, and we drive out the pornography, and we drive out all of the evil that goes with it. This is Kahana Tzadak. Okay, can so can we point, let's, let's, I want you to hear that again, because it's very important that you hear that last statement there. Evangelical Christians who support Israel need to hear this. Yes, because this is what's going to happen. By the way, Moshe Phelan, and I'm going to play you a clip of him after Yana finishes with Kahani. His party is in line with Kahani as well. Right. And he's They're far all... more... He actually accuses Benny Netanyahu of not being hard enough. All right, listen to what he says. Drive out the Armenians, which, by the way, Armenians are Christians. Right. And then drive out the Christians as well. And, and uh, listeners here need to get familiar with Armenian genocide and who really did it, and how State of Israel refuses to acknowledge that genocide even happened. And also, before we go into uh, play this to make the point again, notice how he's asking for Arabs, all Arabs leave Israel because they're inherently evil, which is complete false, okay? In every nation, there's good and bad people. But... Um, isn't that what Jews are complaining about Holocaust, that nations were throwing them out of everywhere? Exactly. Isn't, isn't that something that they complain about and they and want reparations and they want, oh, you, you, threw me out, you threw us out from that nation, from that nation for thousands of years constantly, threw, thrown out from every nation. And now they're doing the same thing. Yes. And other nations have taken them in. Actually, the policies of nations is they can live among any nation as valid citizens and are giving equal rights everywhere. They're welcomed everywhere. But look what they are doing. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Then you drive out the Arabs. And all these Israelis that are saying, do they really understand that after we drive out the Arabs, 
we drive out the Armenians, and we drive out the Christians, and we drive out the pornography, and we drive out all of the evil. Right, and by the way, they do hate Christians. They want churches gone, all of them, any, any denomination. This is why they bombed the oldest uh, Christian church in, uh, where was that? that they in Gaza. In Gaza, but there are... They want to. They will do it everywhere where they take over. They're gonna just. It doesn't matter that there are thousands of years old buildings or that they are important to these people. They don't respect any other religion. They want Judaism. They want the state of Israel only for themselves. They are racists. They and they want uh, the Judaism for Gentiles for the nations and which is Noahidism. But anyway, let's go back to you, Steve. Now. Okay, uh, real quick, just so you can see here, Moshe Phelan, Presto explained the difference between his party and the slate of the self-described Mir Kahani disciples. Phelan said that Otsma Yehudit, the Palestinian question, is the only issue as opposed to his party, which has a far wider platform. In this election, we are focused on economy and education. By the way, this is from 2019, this article. When I will be the prime minister, I'm sure the Otsmat people will happily vote for this plan, the Zahut head said, referring to his encouraged immigration proposal. All right, now, I want you to hear right out of Phelan's own mouth, and, and you know, by the way, years ago, I nearly interviewed him. I was actually in contact with him. I've been in contact with Naftali Bennett. I've been in contact with Phelan. Uh, and he never, at that time, and this is years ago, I'm talking about 10 years at least uh, ago, maybe eight years, at least, you know, we were here in America still. Uh, and a friend of mine knew him and was supporting him in the, because uh, he is a member of the Knesset, he was going up for re-election, and I was going to actually interview him. Had no idea, of course I was pro-Zionist then too, you know, but I had no idea how, how extreme his views really were. All right, let me find him real quick here. I've got him up here somewhere. Let me find Kahani. I mean, Phelan. Do, 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 do. Well, that one is good, too. When they're asking for Amalek today. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, that's not the one I'm looking for. Hang on. Yeah. Um, bear with me, friends. I sure hope I did not lose this. Uh... This is very important video we're going to come to here in just a little bit. Mm. Oh my goodness. No, that's... That's yours? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so it's, it's got to be back into this area here, not there. It's actually in an article I had up too, so maybe I need to find the article. Maybe it's in the gray zone. Let me see. Um, no, it wasn't in that article there. The oh one. my gosh, uh, I'm afraid I could have lost it. Oh. And and you really don't want to miss that out there. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to play this one here. This one here is six minutes. We're not going to listen to the entire thing, but you do need to listen to a lot of this right here. I will find the one with Moshe Phelan. What is this? All right, this is uh, you're going to see here where they do they they go into the attacks. This is the evidence. Uh, that article that I just had up on the screen a moment ago, this is going to be from that article there, this article right here. Uh, October 7 testimonies reveal Israel's military shelling Israeli citizens with tanks and missiles. Uh, 
and you'll see he's going to he's going to show you the actual clips and stuff from the media that was published in Israel where the Israeli military as they called it made some very difficult decisions the, what military that was there, by the way, and this is six to eight hours after the attack had already begun, those Hamas militants that didn't make it out, and they're saying kill the Hamas with all the hostages as well. For real? So yes. So they killed their Yes, own they people. killed Israelis, and I'm gonna t I, I know why they did it, because if they captured them, they would begin to expose what really went on. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Supposedly These were ones that didn't get it. See, they were trying to give them enough time to go in there, kill all the people they had to kill, and then rush back into, uh, into Gaza with their hostages. Well, it didn't work out. This is sad, very sad, but listen up. Have you seen this video? Inside, we find, we found uh, eight babies burned in this corner. An Israeli soldier conducts an interview in front of a destroyed home of a kibbutz. He says Hamas fighters burned babies and then beheaded them. But this is all a lie. And I'm going to prove it to you using Israeli media. Yes, that is right. Israeli media. But first, let's ask an important question. How did the concrete walls of this home behind the soldier turn into rubble? Fires burn wood and other flammable items. They do not collapse concrete structures like this. Children in the same room that someone come and kills them all. 15 girls and teenagers that put in the same room, 308 and it's over. This is a massacre. Now the Israelis want you to believe that Hamas fighters did this, but we know that they were only armed with machine guns and small grenade launchers. That doesn't cause this level of damage. So then how did they destroy concrete homes like this? The answer Answer is they didn't. The Israelis did. What? That is shocking. But why? And how would the Israelis do that? Well, Israeli media has all the answers. They interviewed the IDF soldiers who responded to the Hamas attack, and they learned something shocking. The IDF was struggling to handle the Hamas fighters. Tuval Escapa, or however you pronounce his name, a member of the security team for Kibbutz Bieri, set up a hotline to coordinate between Kibbutz residents and the Israeli army. He told the Israeli newspaper Haaretz that as desperation began to set in, the commanders in the field made difficult decisions, including shelling houses on their occupants in order to eliminate the terrorists along with the hostages. These reports indicate that orders came down from the military's high command to attack homes and other areas inside Israel, even at the cost of many Israeli lives. According to Haaretz, the army was only able to restore control over Bieri after admittedly shelling the homes of Israelis who had been taken captive. The price was terrible. At least 112 residents were killed, according to the paper. Others were kidnapped. Now, much of the shelling in Bieri was carried out by Israeli tank crews. As a reporter for the Israeli Foreign Ministry-sponsored outlet I-24 noted during a visit to Bieri. Small and quaint homes bombarded or destroyed. Children's toys lying around while maintained lawns of grass ripped up by the tracks of an armored vehicle. Perhaps a tank. Perhaps a tank. Perhaps a tank. In other words, the IDF, in an act of desperation, decided to just kill everyone including hostages. This is their words, not mine. In fact, Yasmin Porat, an attendee of the Nova Music Festival, who fled into the kibbutz, told Israeli radio that when Israeli special forces arrived during a hostage standoff, they quote, eliminated everyone, including the hostages, because there was very, very heavy crossfire. <laughs> כי היה שם חילופי אלים מאוד מאוד קשים, חילופי אש מטורפים, אפילו 
שני פקזים של טנק שירו לתוך הבית,
this is also another important video there about what's really going on. The murder of innocent Palestinians is effectively being used as a marketing tool by Elbit systems around the world. It's financing, it's supplying and arming Israel's brutal regime against the Palestinian people and it has factories and offices here in the UK on our doorsteps. Elbit drones have been in the forefront. Let, let me real quick, uh, let, so you kind of understand. It's a little bit uh, hard to follow at first here, but you're going to find out very soon. Uh, uh, Elbit is a manufacturer in uh, Britain that manufactures weapons uh, that are used and that have been used even in the past, before this conflict ever began, on Palestinians. In particular, the one thing you're going to see here in a moment, and I actually covered this story, but I didn't know about the company that made these weapons, and I didn't know at the time when I covered the story that it was actually an experiment. Uh, but the Israelis were experimenting using this one particular type of drone that they got from Elbert there on three Palestinian children that were killed on the beach there. You'll notice when you see this in the video, you will remember why I reported that. I mean, many of you will. Uh, I just knew that they were killed. I knew that Israel had killed them. And at the time, I wasn't for sure exactly how. And I don't know if it was a drone or a different type of weapon, but that's what the focus of this is here, is that many of these test weapons are tested in the West Bank. They're tested in Gaza on uh, innocent people. And a lot of the people that are protesting this are Jewish people. You know, it's, it's hard to get other people to wake up. A lot of times it's just... Jewish people that are trying to bring out the truth of what's really going on in their country and they're being harassed, arrested, and everything else for speaking out. Uh, and just now like, even uh, Steve, they're passing a law in Israel. And oh, they can shoot them now. Yeah, they're giving green light it to idea. It passed. It the passed. Law, law passed in Israel just yeah. now that IDF can kill their Use own people. Use live fire on their own people that are protesting. They can kill Israelis that are protesting all of this. And in New York, they just arrested a massive number, of well over 100 Jewish people that were crying out. All they were doing was saying, stop the bombing. Stop the bombing in Gaza. They were there protesting in New York, and the New York police came and arrested every single one of them. How can that happen in the United States? How because there's no freedom of speech in this country. All right, so continue to listen. I've almost got what I need for you as well. Of every incursion by Israel into the occupied territories since armed drone technology was developed. The very phrase, targeted killing, which originated from the Israeli Defense Force and was at the time condemned, not least by the US, has of course now become normalized. We do know of a few specific incidents where it was the Hamas's, the Elbit systems, uh, planes that, that have fired. Um, the most infamous of those uh, is bombing of children in Gaza Beach. I was in Gaza for two years and I saw those kids coming into the hospitals non-stop. Those kids were being bombed and killed in front of us, we'd be jumping in the way, we'd be standing up. And this is what this is all about. The Israeli land forces, 80% of all of their equipment and weapons come from one company, from Elbit. 
these actions are a way of trying to get all the issues in front of the jury to make the case that what is happening is in fact criminal, not, not the actions of those protesters trying to stop it. These are people who are prepared to sacrifice their own liberty to stop the manufacture and export of weaponry that they know for a fact is going to be used by Israel in murdering innocent civilians in the occupied camp. This looks like the coast of Dublin. What are you doing up there? Nothing we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> I just wanted you to be able to see that because as we're doing the research okay, here... Uh, the, what you just showed, Steve, that they are trying weapons on Palestinians. This has been doing that, that's been done for decades, okay? Yes. There is this soldier, son of chief police of Jerusalem, Iran... Efrati. Efrati. Let me see if I, I am just going to try to find that video. Israeli soldier, explosive, explosive tells. Okay, no, no. Iran Efrati on the Twitter. Let me see videos. I'm sorry, but I didn't think about him. And you all need to find him. Yeah, here it is. I found it. This is the video. This is a long video, so we can't. We're, we're only let's just it. play a little clip of it's it. Um, Forty-minute video. Please, please watch it. He came to United States. He was going to universities. My name is Aaron That weapons have been uh, weapons of war. Israel and the United States and Britain are giving weapons to. Um, Israel and Israel is trying them on innocent Palestinians and children over there. Okay, and he said that they're going to do the same thing to us. Yeah, listen in for just a couple of minutes here at least. I'm 28 years old. I'm from Jerusalem, born and raised in Jerusalem. I'm an actually seventh generation in Jerusalem. Uh, my grandpa was born in the old city, he was a f fifth generation in Jerusalem. He was born in the middle of the old city in the Jewish quarter of Jerusalem. His mother died in birth. A Palestinian neighbor took him in and breastfed him. So he was actually a Palestinian Jew. This is how he knew himself. He grew up knowing Arabic before he knew Hebrew. All of his friends were Palestinians and some Jewish people that was there around him. Uh, my grandpa, from my father's side, that was born there, passed away uh, two and a half weeks ago in Jerusalem, uh, in his home. And Maya and me were debating if I should go back to do the Shiva, the, the, we in our religion of the seven days of mourning. And I was talking with my father, asking him if I should go back. And me and Maya talked and we decided that uh, it's much more important for me, at least, to continue to do this lecture in his memory. Because today, so many people... Thank you. So many people today cannot imagine the possibility of Jews and Palestinians living together on the same piece of land. Although my grandpa was the living proof of it already happened a lot before Israel was established. So this is for my grandpa. So, yeah. so hi. It's Miko Pellet, Ilan Pape. Listen to these names. Miko Pellet, Ilan Pape, historian. Jewish historian out of Israel who had to move to United States because he was so persecuted in the state of Israel for telling the truth yeah. that before the state of Israel was established by Rothschilds, okay, uh, the Palestinians, Jews, and Christians lived in harmony, happily next to each other with no violence, no problems. Okay, so. Uh, please, that particular story of Eran Efrati, and it's not a story, he came to warn Americans. That's a very important thing that you all take time to listen to. We will leave you links. 
Yeah, we'll actually include some of those extra links too, so you'll be able to see it there. This here is Moshe Phelan. I think this is the one that I've been wanting to be able to share with you. So I, I think on this one he'll speak in English. Be'aza. Aza ofechet le Dresden. Ken, srefa muhletet. קנו כל הקיצים, ואנחנו עדיין בראש של אוסלו, ועדיין מקישים בגג. הלילה עוד חיל האוויר הקיש בגג לפני שהקפיל מגדל, עלוב, בבית חולים, ליד בית החולים שיפא. במקום לשטח את כל עזה. אז כל ה-64 מנדטים שלך, בנימין נתניהו, צריכים עכשיו להפגין מול הבית שלך. טוב. And by the way, he does say that. I understand what he's saying. Yep. That's what he's saying to go in there. Now, let me, maybe the other one might be in English. I know I have one that he did in English. I don't know for sure. Let me see. No, let's see. Okay. The one is good enough for now. The thing is, is, he is calling for the complete annihilation of Gaza and driving out every Palestinian in there, every single one. Uh, and he said, if they're not willing to leave, they kill them all. Just flatten the entire place. And he actually is angry at Bibi Netanyahu because Bibi Netanyahu, he said, is too soft. And I don't see Bibi Netanyahu being soft at all. And when he talks about that roof knocking, that's where they take and they drop these heavy thing weights on the roof to kind of let them know that they're about to bomb the building. Uh, you know, th th this, the radicalization has become completely, completely insane, uh, to say the very least there. And um, so, we'll, like Yana said, we'll share these links with you uh, as we go here, So, or coming back to it. Let me, let me jump back over here. Um, all right, we've done that one there, did that one there, and uh, uh, this may have been where I found it originally. The, the, no, I know what it was. I actually think I listened to it live on, on RT today when he spoke about these things here, but this was the article where they talked about it in there, but I don't have the RT clip up any longer where I did that. That's where I made the mistake on that. Uh, I wanted real quick, though... Uh, share with you some things here uh this i i'm going to play a, a little clip of this here of the israeli military warning the residents to move south the reason i'm doing this i want you to notice how he speaks mm -hmm. all right i'm not going to say anything at first and i haven't told you about this yet i just want you to listen to the way he speaks and i want to see if you feel the same thing that i felt when i heard him listen to this attention citizens of gaza listen carefully this is an urgent military advisory from the Israel Defense Forces. For your immediate safety, we urge all residents of northern Gaza and Gaza City to temporarily relocate south. Let me repeat. We urge all residents of northern Gaza and Gaza City to relocate south immediately. This is a temporary measure. Moving back to northern Gaza will be possible once the intense hostilities end. Hamas puts your life in danger by placing weapons and forces within civilians' area in Gaza, including schools, masks, and hospitals. The impending IDF operation is set to neutralize this 
threats of Hamas with precision and intensity. You now, I'm going to stop it right there. What do you think about when you heard what he says? What does it bring to mind? I don't know what you have in mind. I just know that, first of all, they would not give this kind of warning in English to Gaza. That's one thing. He's doing it so Americans think of them as a moral army who are warning Gaza. Right. All right. I'm going you know, to ask those of you in the, on, on the chat room there, when you hear... It's like me, a Nazi. There we go. Like a Nazi. Okay. Yana's already said it now. They appear on the outside, like, you know, these Nazi movies when they were so polite and kind and giving false promises? Here, here it is. Right. In the, in Moving the back to northern Gaza will be possible once... Possible once the intense hostilities end. Right. Which will be never possible. This was like, this is what happened to the Jewish people in the Holocaust when well, they were telling to, uh, them, According you know, to movies we watched. Yeah. You right. know, in a, so in a, in a, that's what so, it reminded me yeah, of. It really acts, bothered me. Nazi. You know, I, I hate to say that, you know, but it's, it's just, it just really kind of bothered me bad to hear that. Um, all right, so let me take you there. Uh, uh, real quick, there's a couple of scriptures I wanted to share with you on this whole situation, too. Um, this one over in the book of Genesis, this is where Esau is coming, and Jacob is fearful and, and, and what is he fearful about? He says here, Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother and from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and smite me, the mother, with the children. He was worried about Esau doing that? Now Esau never does. Jacob does wrestle with God at night, and he's blessed. He gets his name changed to Israel and stuff. But he literally puts his children and, the, and his wives and the women out in front of the caravan, hoping that Esau would show mercy. But he was also worried about him killing the children. Kind of lets you know what spirit that is, right? Just think about it, right? All right, now I want to go into some other ones here. This is what I shared with you guys the other day. This is in the uh, book of Hosea, chapter 6. Gilead is a city of them that work iniquity. Now, by the way, just for, if you happen to be on here, you've not heard, heard me speak about these things before. This is where Hosea says, after two days, will he revive us? On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his presence. Do you know that's talking about the resurrection? That was talking about Jesus after two days. And the third day, he would raise up and he revives those that had gone to sleep, remember the scripture says that many of the saints which slept arose and they came in after the resurrection and appeared unto many in the city. Let us know eagerly strive to know the Lord. His going forth is, is sure as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain that watereth the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto you? O Judah, what shall I do unto you? For your goodness is as the morning cloud and as the dew that early passes away. So God sends Jesus Christ as a light to the world, bringing the former and latter rain, as we know the scripture said he would do. But Ephraim, which represents the house of Israel, and Judah, they were excited while he was there for a little bit, except for the ones that had him hung on the cross. But he said, your goodness is as a morning cloud and as a dew that early passes away. In other words, they didn't last very long. 
He said, Therefore I have hewed them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and thy judgments goes forth as the light. For I desired mercy, not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God rather than a burnt offering. And that's what Jesus had come to show, that God wanted mercy. But he said, But they like men have transgressed the covenant. There have they dealt treacherously against me. Jesus said, except that you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. That's what he said to the Pharisees. Gilead is a city of them that work iniquity and it is covered with the footprints of blood. Remember, because why? Their goodness is like the morning rain. It passes away quickly. By the way, Gilead is over there in the West Bank. He goes on to say, And as a troop of robbers wait for a man, so doth the company of priests. They murder in the way toward Shechem. Yea, they commit enormity. Look at, look at all the videos that go on about what's going on in the West Bank right now. By the way, in the West Bank... They're, they're killing Palestinians while all they're doing is picking their olives in their own grove and everything. And settlers are coming in now armed with M16s and everything else you can imagine and are shooting and killing Palestinians. Any, any Palestinian that even remotely resists. And they're afraid. So I want to show you that. But here's the, the one, some of the more important ones that I wanted you to be able to see. are, let's see here, Gaza, the scriptures on Gaza. We have here in Zechariah chapter 9, okay? And then also in Zephaniah, we have as well. Let me just read this. This is what a lot of people look at when they think about Gaza because so many Christians are out there that support Israel saying, well, God's going to destroy Gaza because of their evil, right? Okay, let's read it then. Thus said the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza, yea, for four, I will not reverse it because they carried away the captive of the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom. So will I send a fire on the wall of Gaza, and it shall devour the palaces thereof, and I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod, and him that holdeth the scepter from Ashkelon, and I will turn my hand against Ekron, and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, saith the Lord God. How many people are jumping up and down saying, see, 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 God said he's going to do this to Gaza for what they did to, the, to Israel. Let me show you something that you may not be aware of. This is the modern state of Israel. This is Gaza. You see Gaza right here? This is where all the battle is going on. It's not just Gaza that prophecy speaks of. It is Ashkelon to the north. It is Ashdod even further to the north. And you don't see it, but right here around Rehovot is where Ekron was in biblical times. And God says he's going to deal with all of these areas because it was all under Philistine control. So look at that. Nearly to Tel Aviv. Coming down. Revolt, Ashdod, Ashkelon, and Gaza. The prophecy, friends, was fulfilled thousands of years ago. Not in modern times. In fact, how do we even know that these Palestinians of today that are living in Gaza 
or even descendant of the Philistines. We don't even know that. In fact, if anything, we have three different peoples that they're descended from. The Jewish people of 2,000 years ago is one. Egyptians and Jordanians. That's what makes up the people that live in this region here. And especially in the West Bank, even further back. You know what's interesting is that when you look at what happened right before the, uh, the War of Independence in 1948, and this little town right here, and I played a video for you guys not long ago, and said I wrote there, this was a Palestinian little city, or a little town there, a little village there at that time. And when the British were rounding up Jewish um, uh, fighters that were planning on doing a war against the British because they wanted their independence, the Palestinians of Sederot hid them, hid them from the British so that no harm would come to them, showed kindness to them, fed them, etc. That was in 1947, a year later, when they began this war of independence, those same fighters came down to Sederot and they killed most of the inhabitants of and back then it wasn't called Sederot, it was a different name there. They killed most of the inhabitants there, and those that did survive fled to what we call Gaza today. That happened, by the way, all along this whole edge there. That's what actually went on. So I wanted you to be aware, scripturally, where these things are at here. Ashkelon, and Gaza, and uh, uh, Ekron, Ashdod. So it's not anything to do with a biblical prophecy being fulfilled. It's just flat out killing Palestinians is what it is. And, you know, the thing is, is we catch so much from people from just telling these things and telling you the truth. You know, and I want to remind you of something here. Remember where Moses gives this commandment here? But if any any harm follow, then... Uh, Thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So some people might even argue this right here when it comes to what happened. Let's just, let's just say that some of the leaders of Israel had nothing to do with Hamas or organizing this or having the military stand down for six to eight hours and not coming in to do anything. Let's just say none of that ever happened. Let's say that Hamas did come in, they were so well organized, and they did cause such mass carnage to the Israeli people, and Israel is only trying to come in there and come back and, and, and pay Hamas back for what they did, right? Let's just say that's your argument. Now, as a Christian, would you uphold this? Or would you look at the words of Jesus you have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue you at the law, take away thy coat, let him have your cloak also. And whosoever shall compel you to go a mile, go with him twain. I'm, only, I'm addressing to this because as we support, or if you stand in support, I should say it that way, if you stand in support of Israel 
and you believe under the Old Testament law, they have that right. Because granted, the Jews don't see the part, they don't, they don't consider the New Testament aspect that Jesus says. But you as a Christian, though, should not be thinking in the way that they're thinking. Not to mention, the children that are dying in Gaza have nothing to do with any eye for eye, any tooth for tooth. What part did they have in the death of the Israelis that were killed? None. Zero. Well, if Israelis have right to defend themselves, so do the Palestinians. And what have been done to Palestinians for decades? Over the, yes, over the... I mean, I'm talking years. about over 60... We need, we need to literally bring and do, almost like doing it as a documentary type of layout for people to see what has happened. Because you have to understand, this is, these are things like this that have caused us to realize being Zionist is not biblical. It's not what Jesus Christ would stand for. In fact, if anything, as ministers are standing with the Orthodox community, and, and by the way, many of the Orthodox community are against what's happening right now. Many of the Orthodox community of Jews around the planet are condemning Israel for going in there and carpet bombing Gaza. And it's funny, but the Christians don't. They're, they're not Christians, but the Zionist Christians don't. They're in there singing the praises of Israel. Kill them more. I mean, what has happened to the... You know, this is a Barabbas spirit. You see, you remember what happened in the times when Jesus was here? And they were bringing, you know, they brought out, Pilate had this agreement with, 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 uh, with Israel. Every year I release to you a notable prisoner that you choose. I'll release whoever you want. Which one do you want? They, they give him Jesus. They said, you know, try him. He needs to be put to death. Just like I said about the, the Noahide laws. I said, no, you don't have to worry. You know, when Begley says, oh, Jews are not going to be killing Christians. They're not going to be beheading Christians. I agree with him. The Noahide laws requires the Gentiles to set up the courts of justice to do the beheading for them. Just like when they brought Jesus. They brought Jesus to Pilate and they said, you need to crucify him. And Pilate, he goes, he examines, comes back, he said, I find no fault in the guy. They said, by our law, he ought to die. Well, then Pilate says, then go do it. Right. But then they put it back on Pilate again. Why? Because just like the Noahide laws, according to their law, he ought to die. And by the way, that was a Noahide law too, by the way. I wanted to ask people, because I had Sister Brenda texting me, she was very upset because supposedly Brother Rick Wiles out of, um, what is it he runs for ministry? Our true news. The true news, yes. Um, supposedly he is pro-Noahide law, and he on some Bible study in the morning was speaking there is nothing wrong with Noahide law and that uh, there are benefits to Noahide law which kind of came as a surprise because he's exposing a lot of Zani's agenda he's talking uh, and exposing uh, Jews a lot um, have we seen this video yet? so I know but what I would like to tell people is that let's just not say it Judgments right now. Right. Don't jump to for, conclusions. Don't jump to conclusions because he might not be aware of what Noahide laws actually are. If he looks at seven laws, 
that you can basically jump from one Bible verse to the next from Exodus and, uh, you know, right. and then you can support it with the Bible and you don't understand that as they come one after another, they're out of Talmud and they have sub-laws. Right. And those are explained by their rabbis. And it's on purpose given that way, that there is seven, so it looks like it's biblical. It's a deception. Right. Okay, but they're Talmudic and a Talmudic requirement is beheading and under the law of no idolatry, that every Christian would say, yeah, we are not to do idolatry. We agree with that. However, the rabbis have been given power of interpretation of these laws. It's the Chabad rabbis, again, around our presidents every single year. Maybe maybe Brother Rick Wiles have never seen pictures of every president with the Chabad rabbis, 10 rabbis, five on each side, okay, no. of our no. presidents. So maybe he didn't see that. Maybe he doesn't know that it's them. So maybe he never done his research on this. Right. Chuck Baldwin also so has done this. So he just recently explosion. had Chuck Baldwin on. Brother Rick Wiles had Chuck Baldwin, and we are looking forward to Chuck uh, interview. Wednesday. We'll Wednesday. Chuck on okay. Wednesday, yes. All right. But if you go to Google, do Chuck Baldwin, Noahide Laws. When we brought up Noahide Laws, Chuck Baldwin did his own uh, video or his speech on yeah, it. He's got, he's got one. It's on YouTube. It was in 2019. Well. That's We have been coming out back then, 2018, I think, on Noahide Laws. And 2019, right. brother, Chuck Baldwin did make a video. And it is... Uh, Turn your Bibles to John. Very nice. He, he's done very good expose. The Talmud, Chabadism, and Noahide Law's message by Dr. Chuck Baldwin on September 20 to 2019. Maybe you can send this video to Brother Rick Viles because if he doesn't believe Steve and me, for whatever reason, he might believe his colleague, uh, Chuck Baldwin, who uh, also exposed Noahide Law's, and he might want to look into this. Other than that, if I receive the video that he did, and if he does not understand, I don't mind really playing what Brother Rick Wiles done and explaining to you again and again and again how unbiblical, fascist, and totalitarian Noahidism is and, and what they are planning and pre-planning and how deceptive it is, okay? Right. So I don't mind going through basics and, and from basic facts to complicated facts about it. So none of you are deceived. Right. All right, so, yeah. Okay, so we got that there, and and uh, and so yeah, please share that with uh, Rick, and we can send it to him as well, so he's aware of it. Because, like like Yana said, he just may not sincerely yeah, may not, may not be aware of that. Right. All right, so let me pull some of these down here. One thing, here we go, right here, and they cried out at once, saying, "Away with this man and release him to us, Barabbas, who, has, who for a certain sedition made the city for a murder, was cast into prison." Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them, but they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why, what evil has he done? I find no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And there, there were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified, and the voices of them of the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they 
had desired. And this is what's happening right now. This is, listen, friends, this is what, you got to be very careful about what you're doing as Christians because we're, it's just like we were there 2,000 years ago. What side would we have been on? Okay, think about that real sincerely. Because today, ministers and lay people alike, they're either standing with Pharisaic, Talmudic rabbis that, are, that, that will call for the blood of those that violate these Noahide laws, or you're going to stand with Jesus Christ and his word, where he even goes and says, opposite of what Moses wrote in the law and says, I say unto you though. Okay? Think about where you stand today because you're back in the same place. And and I'm going to finish myself up here with just this here. Um, and then is, if Yana's got any more thoughts that she'd like to add, we can do that. Um, oh, oh, and by the way, just to show you as well, Jesus, even scripturally, it wasn't just the Jewish people that he was healing and caring about. Remember this passage here in Matthew chapter 4, early on in his ministry? And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness, all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. Wow. Now remember, what have I told you guys about Syria? All the matriarchs of Israel, in other words, the mothers of Israel, every one of them are Syrians. Did you forget that? Rachel, Leah, Hilda, and uh, uh, Hulda, I believe that's right. Hilda? Hulda. Zilpa. Hilda? Oh, okay, Hulda, I get it mixed up. Hulda. The two, the two uh, servants, anyway, they were Jacob's four wives, right? They're the mothers of the twelve patriarchs. They're basically the mothers of all Israel, and they're all Syrians. So his fame went throughout all Syria. They brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy. So, yeah, we're, and we would call them Arabs. Some of them had devils. Some of them were lunatics. And he healed them. And he healed them. What are you doing for those Arabic people that everybody wants to condemn? Has the gospel of Jesus Christ gone to them? You know, there is so many Arabs who are coming to Christ. Yeah. And there is so many Palestinians that are Christians, and they're called terrorists only because they're Palestinians. And... So many Christians are among, they live in peace, as Christians and right. Muslims. And the know. people that followed him even are from beyond Jordan. Because once you cross the Jordan River, you were either in Jordan or you were in Syria. What we would call the modern states of Jordan and Syria. You know, so I just, I challenge that. But here's, here's where it gets really dicey that I want to re-bring this back and I want you to think about it. I'm going to show you in the Hebrew Matthew because there's a little bit different verbiage in Hebrew Matthew. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Right now, there is a battle going on. The Pharisees, you have to remember, they asked Jesus, when are you going to reestablish the kingdom to Israel? They wanted the kingdom reestablished to them. They already knew that the Pharisees were a kingdom of their own. 
And, and I have scripture to back that up. The Pharisees considered themselves a kingdom. They were, according to the Essene community or the uh, Qumran community, they claimed that the Pharisees were the sons of darkness. Now, uh, Netanyahu would like to tell you otherwise, that they're the sons of light. Well, they're not. So the kingdom that rises against the kingdom is the established kingdom back to Israel. And Jesus actually explained when that kingdom would be established. It's when the power would come upon the believer to receive the Holy Spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, the kingdom was restored to Israel. But as Paul pointed out, Israel is not Israel based on that outward appearance, but that inward one. So whether you're Jew or Gentile, and of course the early church were all Jews practically with very few Gentiles. But the Gentiles begin to grow, including the house of Israel, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 36, when Peter said, Be it unknown unto you, O house of Israel. They were there. So on the day of Pentecost, they too got the Holy Spirit, 3,000 of them the first day. So the kingdom was restored to the believers. But the kingdom is going to be against kingdom. All right? Now, I need to switch over here. That's what's happening now. The true believers are butting heads with the Pharisaic dynasty of today. In other words, the, the Israel and those, mostly for the most part, Chabad Jews, are butting heads. They can't stand people like us that go out there and expose what's going on, right? Let me show you in the Hebrew, Matthew, when we read this verse right here. He says here, uh, Nation will rise up against nation. Kingdom against kingdom, there will be great tumults. You know what a tumult is, right? That's that's like a, that's like a, like rioting and stuff practically, grievous famine and an earthquake. Now that famine is not for bread alone, but for hearing the word of God. Then they will bind you over for tribulation and will kill you, and will become uh, you will become a reproach unto all nations for my name. So when you really start standing for Jesus Christ because you're truly part of the kingdom filled with the Holy Spirit and you're, and you're butting heads with the Orthodox that are trying to retake, they're trying, they, want, they want Israel, right? The true believer, though, knows the kingdom's within you. Yes. It's not a piece of uh, real estate in the Middle East. But they're still butting, they're still, they're fighting one another because the true believer is trying to wake up the believer that has gone to sleep, that's in a coma, so to speak. And this is what happens between the Christians then. Then many will be perturbed, deal treacherously with each other, and be enraged among themselves. That's what I see even when we get the comments going on in here. Oh, Steve, you and I don't become anti-Semites and everything. You don't love Israel. Why? Because I don't do like Judas? Yeah, Judas didn't stand with Jesus either. He went and stood with the Pharisees right. and sold out Jesus. So because I don't do like Judas did, you get angry with me. False prophets will arise and lead many astray. Haggai. Uh, every one of these ministers that are pro-Zionist ministers out there. Unfortunately, Paul's done the same thing. And he'd, he'd give a whole list of people that he said you should be listening to. These are scholars that are all for pro-Zionist Israel and everything, right? You know, he, he mentions Perry Stone, 
uh, Hagee, Chuck Missler. Of course, Chuck's already uh, passed on now, but, but he names all these great ministers that he calls them, right? And every one of them, if you'll notice, they're very pro-Pharisaic. Remember, the only pro-Pharisee I knew of in the, out of the 12 apostles was Judas. The rest of them were scared to death and ran from the Pharisees because they knew the Pharisees wanted them dead. Just like Yana has brought out and exposed these Noahide laws because why? She knows they want you dead. Interesting, isn't it? When uh, It goes on to say, When wickedness multiplies, the love of many will grow faint. Whoever waits until the end will be saved. And this gospel, that is Evangelii, will be preached in all the earth for a witness concerning me to all nations, then the end will come. So the thing is, the truth of what Jesus stood for 2,000 years ago, calling out the Pharisaic dynasty, the Pharisaic kingdom, and telling you who they really were, their bunch of brood of vipers, as he called them, he didn't go out there and say, oh, praise the Lord, you can learn something from them. They got something to teach us about. After all, Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> Are you really serious? And know that he's listening to every word you say. But the nice thing is, he's merciful. He's not willing that any should perish. He's long-suffering that all might come to repentance. And that's our desire as well. I'm not here to criticize and condemn you for you look, I was blind, we were both blind, we both followed into the Zionist thing as well, really believed it wholeheartedly, stood with Israel unconditionally, even made a video one time having people stand unconditionally with Israel, with believers from all over the world sending in little clips and I made a video for that. Remember that? Yes, yes. We were so diehard for Israel and, and really felt like that, you know, the Palestinians they were just horrible people. Only to find out later, they're only trying to defend what was well, taken we, away we from them. We saw otherwise being in Israel. Being in Israel a while made all the difference. Because it does. when you're there and you have a clean heart and good heart for the people and you truly observe what's happening. And I started to see Palestinians are not bad people. They were extremely good, hospitable. I have met many, many great Christians that were Palestinians, but I saw that uh, what was popular is only focused on the Jews constantly. Okay, they were kind of forgotten, fifth wheel. And they're all put in one bag as terrorists. And then when you see what they're suffering, indeed, the state of Israel is a political state. Back then when we were there, right now they're a religious state, really. But back then, they uh, seemed to be just kind of secular political state. But I have noticed they did have an apartheid policies toward Arabs. Like they wouldn't sell apartments to Arabs, okay? So even though on the outside they, they're trying to show and they were trying to show that, oh, no, we have all this uh, equality, that wasn't really true. So we started to notice what is truly going on and ask questions, right. honest questions. Yes. And when you have honest questions and you give them honest answers to these questions and you truly have a heart for God and, and Jesus, then you can't lie and overlook this. And then we started to untie all the prophecies and look at the Bible and still started to see in Book of Acts and in Gospels where the fulfillment of those prophecies truly happened. 
Yeah. And and why are we not listening to what the Bible says, but instead what Schofield put in as a commentary into the Bible? That's addition to a Bible, and that's what became so popular in the Western Christianity. And it all started with Darby and Schofield and few men before them, actually. Yeah. So, but anyway. In closing, I'm going to play this video here for you here. Just it's a two-minute video, and I want you to watch this here. We really appreciate though you uh, coming and supporting the work we do, and uh, I'll also post the link. And then at the, after this video concludes, I'll also play uh, or, or share with you um, uh, justice for Stefan Suto, my father-in-law, who um, who died very horrible uh, death there. Those of you that want to support. Uh, this ongoing case that we're dealing with there, and as well as our website, IsraeliNewsLive.org. Uh, you can see that right above our head, as well as our mailing address as you're watching this video. Uh, those of you that want to support the work we do here, we truly appreciate it, and we thank God for placing that upon your heart to do so. Uh, listen into this here. Unprovoked attack. They will make you feel that it was unprovoked. Babies, their heads cut off. They're gonna circulate this information so that the whole world believes it. Pictures of terrorists beheading children. This morning, CNN reported that Israel cannot confirm the specific claim that babies were beheaded. She claims Israeli children kidnapped and kept in cages. Uh, we found the original video was in fact published a few days before the Hamas attack. They're gonna play the victim in any way possible. They're gonna stand with the oppressor, ironically using pictures from the oppressed. They're gonna reduce your reach every time you post about it. But the truth will always be clear for those who are willing to fight it. Jesus do if he was here which to me he is here he's here in you what side will you stand on anyway um, just as a reminder to uh, my father-in-law's website it'll be I'll, I'll load it in the description for you later once the video is processed uh, and all you do is scroll down to the bottom and you can actually give right there at the bottom there uh, there will be more things coming out here, maybe a couple of months before it does, but when it does, it's going to shock you. 
I'm Stephen Benin. You're watching Israeli News Live. Thank you for listening tonight, and good evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.